everyone, it's Raheel. Taylor Swift madness is sweeping the city, but so much more happened this week in H-Town. Political contributor and Pulitzer Prize finalist Evan Mintz joins me to talk about the Death Star bill. Plus, culture contributor Antrichelle Dorsey and I get in a heated debate about Whataburger. It's Friday, April 21st. I'm Raheel Ramzanali, and here's what Houston is talking about today. Ah, uh, we meet again. Evan Mintz, welcome in. Antrichelle Dorsey, welcome in. The trio is back together. How's everybody doing? What's up? Happy Friday. I'm doing great. How about y'all? Doing all right. It's a, you know what? It's a great day in Houston. Can't complain. We've got a lot to recap. So let's jump right into it. Ladies first, Antrichelle, what was your biggest story of the week? Listen, the bad boys are out and they are tired of stealing the fake and they're going for the real. That's right. Stolen license plates are on the rise in Houston and the bad boys are tired of stealing the fake ones. So now they're back to stealing the real ones. Now, in this latest report, which this just came out, it shows that the new regulations on the temporary uh, license plates have now made it harder for them to steal those. And now they're still the permanent ones. Now, between January and December of 2022, uh, it was about 1,500 uh, residents reporting that their permanent license plates have been stolen. And now with the first three months of 2023, more than 516 people have reported their license plates have stolen. And that is ridiculous. Wow. So there are new bills right now being talked about. It's going to be no more paper tags. We we don't want any more paper tags, but that could take another two years to implement. So as soon as you buy your vehicle from a dealership, you get the actual license plate, which makes so much sense, right? Because when you go to the DPS office, you fill out your paperwork and they hand you a uh, an actual license plate and you put that on your car and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But now because it is even lo- it is harder with the paper tags and the way it's printed, there's supposed to be a tag on them or like a little icon that mm-hmm. you can tell if it's real or fake, even that's getting harder. I mean, it makes sense, right? Um, criminals are going to adjust and they're going to do what they need to do. So there are some ways. I, I was reading that you could get some screws that are like specific to your vehicle so they can't actually take them off. Like no more generic screws. That's a good idea, but stop stealing. Can we do that? <laughs> Why is it every time that, that uh, you know, what they say, uh, when they go low, you go high? I'm tired of going high. I'm trying to figure out. I'm tired of of trying to figure out how to make you stop stealing my stuff. I'm sick of it because you're taking your time to figure out how to get me. And now I got to spend some unnecessary time figuring out how to outsmart you. How about we stop stealing, fellas, ladies, everybody, criminals? Amen. How about we just put y'all in the category? Criminals. How about we just stop? (laughs) Evan, any thoughts on this one? I want to see the police do a better job out on the roads, stopping people who are speeding, stopping people who are weaving through lanes, who are driving dangerously. I think there's the sense you can can get away with anything when you're in a car, whether it's stealing license plates, whether it's stealing catalytic converters, or whether it is just driving in a way that puts other people at risk. You got to show folks whether it's going over the speed limit, whether it's waving around a gun because someone cut you off, we're not going to put up with it. Yeah, it's time to stop riding dirty, everybody. Mm -hmm. It's time to stop riding dirty just all the way around. But that's how we're going into the summer. 
trying to figure out how to stop them from stealing my license plate. Hey, I would rather have people stop driving while they're on their phones than stealing license plates. I think that's a bigger danger. How about that? It is a huge danger in texting and driving. It is a serious, serious thing. My husband was trying to get me from the airport this past weekend, and there was a huge collision, and he kept saying, guess what, baby? These people were on their phones. Of course. Mm -hmm. They were on their phones stopping, the, you know, trying to get it. They, these people were on their phones. He said, I thought there was a wreck. People were just not paying attention. They were on their phones. You guys, we got to stop. No texting and driving, no scrolling and driving, none of it. All of it has to end. Now, do y'all honk at people when you see them on their phone? No, I call the police. Oh, wow. <laughs> you go <laughs> you go right to, uh, right to the police. I, I am. I call the police. And let me tell you why. Because, you know, my hood days are over. You know, I have, I'm now a mother. I'm a parent. I'm a law-abiding citizen. And I'm, I'm appreciative of it. I've worked hard for some things. And now I have something to live for, right? Um, I call the police. I call the police. When I see you swerving, when I see you, I call the police and I ride behind you and I give them your license plate number. I like that. And I tell them, hey, this person is driving recklessly. Here's the license plate. And I follow them. And I say, this is what they're doing. They're on their phone right now. They're scrolling. They're this, they're, you know, hindering traffic. They're swerving. I tell the police exactly what they're doing. I call 911 non-emergency. That's what I do. Because I don't have time for it. You were hindering my day. You could kill somebody. And it's serious. It absolutely is serious. Evan, what about you? What is your biggest story of the week? Oh, the biggest story of the week, perhaps one of the biggest stories of the year, is the Death Star bill making its way through the Texas legislature. This bill authorizes the state to override local ordinances, basically saying that cities can't pass the sorts of laws that cities have been passing for centuries in the state of Texas, regulating things like financial issues, labor laws, natural resources, occupations, agriculture. This has been uh, in the works for session after session after session. It's routinely been blocked. It looks like it's going to make its way through this time. And it means the city of Houston won't be able to regulate basic things like puppy mills, like big trucks going through neighborhoods, like payday lenders, like setting basic standards for people in high-risk jobs, mandating that, say, people who work outside are allowed to have a water break every now and then. Cities can't do this anymore. And we've been seeing this trend for years, the state overriding cities on things like tree regulations, their budgets, fracking, plastic bag regulations. And you even see some folks at right-wing think tanks threatening to simply eliminate entire cities, saying that they were created by the state, they can be destroyed by the state. I think it's about time for the people in Harris County, which, by the way, is bigger than most states, which provides around 25% of all sales tax revenue in the entire state, which is a massive economic engine that pulls along the entire state, to say, you know, we don't really like the way that this is going for us. It's time to think about starting our own state. It is time for the state of Harris to become a real thing. If Texas doesn't like us, then we can go our own way. Ooh, I like that. Revolt, Evan, revolt. Mm -hmm. So what is the purpose of this bill when you look at, I mean, it's being pushed mostly by Republicans, right? And a few Democrats got on board. Okay, a few Democrats got on board. I always hear about, we want less government interference. This seems like this is all government. <laughs> well, what they're saying is that it's getting rid of a patchwork of regulations across the state. Different cities do things different ways. But you know what? 
Houston's different from Cut and Shoot. Mm -hmm. Bernie's different from Beaumont. It's good for cities to do things differently, I think. It should reflect the reality of life on the ground. And when you try to flatten everything, what you do is you turn Texas from a big, interesting, diverse state to just the same thing everywhere. Mm -hmm. It undermines a lot of the strengths of what make Texas great. It also undermines our representative government. What it does is it puts more power in the hands of the lobbyists who can go up to Austin every two years, write their checks, show up in legislators' offices, and get what they want. Meanwhile, the rest of us who live in Houston or Dallas or El Paso or anywhere, do you have time to drive up to Austin to do all that? No way. Maybe you can go to your city council. Maybe you can talk to your city council member. Heck, maybe you run into them at the grocery store. When it comes to trying to negotiate with some party chair who lives 800 miles away, that's not going to happen. Now, Evan, do any other states have a bill like this in place where everything codes are regulated on a state level, not a city level? Do you know that by any chance? You know, different states do differently, and I think that's a good part of federalism. You're starting to see a real movement for states to override local regulations, largely around land use issues, saying that zoning is making housing too expensive, and states are going to say, no, we're going to force you to allow apartments, we're going to force you to allow smaller homes. Uh, but something on this scale seems really anathema to what Texas is supposed to be about which is about local governments, which is about individuals, not just you know, Grand Moff Abbott up in Austin telling us what we can and can't do and threatening this Death Star legislation if we don't abide. <laughs> what are the chances this actually gets passed? You know, it used to be that bad bills would come out of the Senate and they'd be blocked in the House. This is making its way through the House. I think it's going to pass. Oh, no. Wow. My biggest story of the week and I kind of put this sarcastically as the most overlooked story, but the more I read into it, the more I looked at it, this truly is the biggest story of the week in the city of Houston. And it's Taylor Swift being... <laughs> I, oh my God. I mean, it's Taylor Swift coming to the city starting today, and she'll be here all weekend long. I haven't seen this much coverage for a concert ever in the city of Houston. Ever. This is bigger than the Final Four, which we just hosted. This feels up to the Super Bowl in terms of how important this is for the city. There's three nights of concerts. We've got radio stations changing their name to KRBE instead of KRBE. <laughs> You've got Judge Hidalgo changing the name of NRG Stadium to NRG Stadium, parentheses, Taylor's version, which is kind of cool. And then you've got the tour bus. You've got the merch bus. You've got everything going on, drink specials. I haven't seen anything like this ever living in the city of Houston. And it's bigger than Beyonce, right? And she's from here. And that's the crazy part about it is that they are going swift crazy around the city in Houston, getting ready for the girl Taylor. I say, listen, she's doing her eras too. And she is, this is Taylor Swift era all around the city. It's crazy. I, I don't get it. She's going to a lot of cities. Why, why are we so excited yeah. about this and treating this like it's special? You'd think the Beatles were coming to America and they were only coming to Houston. <laughs> I mean, I guess Taylor Swift's a, a fine musician. She's a good singer. She's a good pop star. People like her. It just seems disproportionate to the issue at hand. I don't know. Maybe is she, is she this generation's uh, Michael Jackson or something? Because that's mm. the vibe that it's giving me. It was giving 
very much Michael Jackson. And like you said, the Beatles, you know, is this bigger than Beyonce? We don't even act the fool like this with Beyonce. She live here. Yeah. Well, Beyonce never plays here. That's why it seems like. That's true. Don't you speak that. Don't you speak that When's Queen B going to come here and give us three dates? Because I want to go see her. Touché. I just can't go on. I, I need three dates like Taylor, okay? Now she give us two. Now you know the Queen give us at least two. <laughs> so now there are, there are even conspiracy theorists uh, out there saying that Beyonce is going to be joining Taylor Swift for one yeah. of the yeah one of the shows just to add a little bit uh, more fuel to that fire. But going back to your point, Evan, why I'm with you? Like, what are we doing here as a city? We don't give this much love to our local musicians mm-hmm. who yeah. are putting out awesome content. They're doing some great stuff. And because Taylor Swift generates headlines, generates clicks, everyone goes above and beyond to get that pop, to get that residual pop of the Taylor Swift concert. It's crazy. It makes no sense. But it is the biggest story. But can you guys honestly name three Taylor Swift songs? Like, let's let's be honest. I have an eight-year-old daughter. Yes, I can. I can name you albums. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know, listen... I only know, I know several songs, but it's only going to be one that I'm just going to jam and rock out all day long. And that's, and the play is going to play, 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 play. That's it. You know, oh, shake them off, shake them off. Yeah, and that's it. Like, that's the one I'm going to just rock. I'm going to go to the concert just for that one song, and then I'm going to leave. Hey, I want to go there. If she plays Lavender Haze, then we're good, because okay. that's a... That's a banger, all right? It's a banger. <laughs> Evan, what's your favorite Swifty song? Uh, I don't really know Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> does, does she do any Steely Dan covers? No, she does not. That would be dope, though. That would be dope. I, I, I know what I hear played in the background of commercials, I guess. Okay, that's fair. Houston's original neighborhood downtown is for everyone and it's poppin'. It's our open-hearted home for our biggest celebrations and our treasured hidden gems. From the world-class theater district to incredible green spaces like Discovery Green, downtown is the place to be. In fact, more people visited downtown Houston last year than the entire population of Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, and San Antonio combined. There's no better time to live downtown than now. From starter apartments to luxury lofts, everyone can take advantage of the arts, business, culture, entertainment, food, and recreation. Now, you might think of downtown as only the heartbeat of Houston's regional economy, which it is, but there's so much more to it, including free events throughout the week with Downtown Houston Plus. From the Market Square Park Farmer's Market every Saturday to Yoga Flow every Wednesday, you can find something to do and eat and watch in Downtown Houston. Learn more at downtownhouston.org. Downtown Houston, get energized and revived. Andrew what is your most overlooked story of the week? Listen, we got a problem, Houston. There has been a report uh, by Eat This, Not That that says the uh, Whataburger Double Meat landed number eight on the best fast food burgers in the U.S. Now, we should be happy that our uh, infamous Whataburger landed on the top ten. But what you guys are not going to believe that not even five guys ranked in the top five, but the number one spot went to the McDonald's double quarter pounder. What in the world? Mm. What is happening to us? What is happening to the food? What is happening to the good burger? I don't understand. Water burger number eight up under the McDonald's? Nah, come on, y'all. 
Yeah, I'd want to see the underlying data from this. Like, where are their sources? Who are the judges? What's the survey? I, I fail to believe that an online ranking of burgers is going to be an accurate reflection. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. They're even saying that Smash Burger didn't make the list. Uh, Trill Burger, which should have been on the list. Trill Burger is not on the list. Now, the only thing about Trill Burger is that it's so new, but still, Trill Burger is worthy. Trill Burger is not a fast food burger. It's a pop-up. It's a pop-up, but you got to wait three hours to get it. <gasps> but it's worth it. Have you ever had a Trill Burger? Yeah, but this is fast food burgers. Come Fine. on, in America, and it has to be available throughout the entire nation. To be fair, okay, right? Right, like, look, I get it. I want to try one, but I'm not waiting three hours. I love Bun B. I love everything he stands for, but it's not a fast food joint. So for just a fast food joint, here is the uh, the full ranking. I've got it right here. Number one, as you mentioned, the double quarter pounder with cheese. Number two, you've got the Wendy's Baconator, which <gasps> is just a heart attack on a bun. <laughs> <laughs> number three hardy's carl's jr superstar with cheese and then you just keep going down and number eight as you mentioned five guys was number five ironically enough mm. shake shack is on the list in and out animal style double double beat whataburger double meat whataburger now in and out is a good burger now that's what a hamburger is all about but i do feel that whataburger should have been up there I'm going to, you ready? This this is going to upset you, Antrichel. Ever since Chicago bought Whataburger, the service has not been good. The food isn't consistent. And it's just a mess of a place sometimes. So really, my ranking of Whataburger has dropped major. I mean, since that purchase happened, it is not the same restaurant. It is. I need you to move out of Houston. I need you to leave. I need you to leave right now because I don't appreciate this. Antrichel, you should not be waiting 30 minutes to get a water burger it takes forever now that's how you know it's good when you that's a good problem to have for the establishment i need you to pack your things and leave you that's okay log out for me right now you gotta go because we need to recognize that that's a good thing you need to know how to catch the water burger at the right time no. to know how fast you're hungry everybody is wanting the water burger this is why i believe it should be higher than number eight that's it it's funny. I was driving back from San Antonio and it was about 1 a.m. and I saw a Whataburger. I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to pull over six cars deep. And I said, nope, you know what? I'd rather just stay hungry because it's going to take 35 minutes to get my food. This is not fast food anymore. You're so bougie. You are bougie. You need the premier access line. And I'm going to Come create on, it Aunt for Rochelle. you at the Whataburger. You need a VIP pass. Curbside pickup. you need to go through. Yeah, that's what you need. If they don't have curbside pickup, I'm not eating there. Any thoughts on this, Evan? I mean, there's nothing better than stumbling into a Whataburger at one in the morning, getting your fries, getting your burger. But I will say, you know, those days are behind me. Now I'm waiting in the drive-thru at six o'clock saying, please just make sure the fries are hot, eating <laughs> all of them, stuffing my face before I bring them home to my family. And my wife goes, hey, wh where'd all my fries go? I'm like, oh yeah, they must have fallen out in the car. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, how about you? What's your most overlooked story? Well, I'm staying on a legislative thread this week. Okay. The most overlooked story is a great maneuver through what I like to call the secret legislature, when you see Democrats and Republicans getting along on important issues that nobody's really paying attention to. 
And right now, it's water. Mm. Texas is running out of water. You wouldn't think it. Usually, we have a little too much water. But our water use is going up by about 10%, while our water supply is falling by about 20%, according to a report last year by Texas 2036. So right now, the legislature is moving through new bill and new uh, constitutional amendment to create dedicated funding streams to fix aging, leaky water systems, to create new water supplies, to make sure that we have the water necessary for a growing state. And Texas has been doing stuff like this for a long, long time. Back in the 30s, we dammed up the Colorado River to make sure that we had the lakes in the hill country. You look at the reservoirs around Houston, like Houston, like Conroe, like Livingston, these are the things that make sure that we have drinking water. But as the cities grow, as the state grows, we need to make sure that we have that next generation of water sources. So I'm just glad that everybody recognizes the value of this and that we are all working together on it. Yes, I like that. That is really good to hear. And we're being proactive, which is Mm -hmm. the best part about all of this. It's like, let's not wait for when all the numbers catch up to us. So that is really good to hear. All right. My most overlooked story I always have to remind myself that, yes, housing is hard to come by here at appropriate rates. It's uh, it's getting packed in Houston. There's a lot more traffic and the city is growing, but it is also very affordable. And Smart Asset released a new study classifying what is middle class in Houston and what it compares to with other cities Mm -hmm. right now. A single person household qualifies as middle class if they make between 37000 and 110000 per year. The median household income for middle class earners in the Bayou City is 55499 Compared to the average of the Northeast, are you ready for this? Middle class is 60000 to 170000 And most Southern states are between thirty five and 100000 So just a friendly reminder that, yeah, you know what? It is getting more expensive here, but you can still get by with less here than in other cities. I still can't wrap my head around that. 56000 is a median. Agreed. How does a family get by? Agreed. It has got to be tough. That's what they qualify. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, that ain't enough money. So that is for a single person, right? So if you mm. double that, okay. Okay. it would be okay. 100. Yeah, it would be 100. Okay. I can plus. see that. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because <laughs> that yeah. math wasn't math at first, babe. I was like, Mm-mm. how? Okay, now that makes sense. I can see where they're going with this. Uh, uh. And every once in a while, when when my wife and I are talking, we're like, what if we move to another city? I see a study like this, I go, nah, you know what? We're good right here. We're good. Hey, you know, there are a lot of affordable cities out there. You can move to Des Moines. You can move to Minneapolis, Grand Rapids. I mean, cultural hubs. uh, St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to our moment of joy. Antrishel, what was your moment of joy for this week? Listen, I have many moments of joy, as you know, but I'm going to be honest. uh, Yesterday on 420, I made a year in my role as the inaugural digital and social media manager at my company. And I'm so excited. But of course, I was proud that it was on 420. I will never forget 420. I've never celebrated 420. But now I have a new love for 420. So I got excited. Now, mind you, I don't partake 
I love that. So, by the way, yes. congratulations, Antrashell, for hitting one year in your role. That is so awesome to hear. And by the way, it happened on 420, as you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to hear about where we stand as a city in terms of legalization and as a state, of course, we actually did an episode that you can go back and listen to regarding 420 and what's been happening with current legislation. Evan. How about you? What was your moment of joy? Earth Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should have talked about that. My sorority is planted 20 trees. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Trees for Houston is doing their tree giveaway. And normally they hand out like mm -hmm. pecan trees and, and some, you know, sort of normal trees. But at Tom Bass Park, they're handing out a bunch of fruit trees and like some kind of hard to get fruit. They're handing out... Uh, Golden Dorset apples and Anna apple trees. Normally, you can't grow apples in Texas. Like, the, the soil is too clay. It's too hot. But horticulturalists have bred these, like, Houston possible trees, and they're going to be handing them out. And that's just so cool. Oh, but yeah. No, that's going to be good. Yeah, we're planting mm -hmm. 20 trees at YWPCA, mm -hmm. the Young Women's Preparatory Academy, 20 trees, uh, in honor of our 20th regional director that passed away two weeks ago. And she was on the board of this beautiful school. And we will be planting those 20 trees as well as giving away trees, but not as cool as those trees, Evan, man. Mm -hmm. No, I've got uh, a few of my own that took a little while to wrangle, and I had a, a tree full of apples until the squirrels got to it. So I've got one, oh. I've got two apples left that I've wrapped in a bunch of mesh bags and hope the, the squirrels won't notice it. <laughs> but my moment of joy was the Texas managing editors handing out their annual awards for newspapers this year and seeing the Houston Chronicle winning star online package for its report on the Ike Dyke, hey. this digital fly-through of what the design is supposed to look like, how it's going to function, and really helping people understand its importance. I'm glad to see the hometown paper staying on this critical issue and really presenting it to folks in a easily digestible, non-technical way. So congrats to the Chronicle, very well earned. Yay to the home team. Yeah, and it's a really cool feature and we have it linked in our show notes if you wanna see it. And it really explains how the Ike Dyke will help um, not only, of course, Galveston, but the entire city and the region. It's an incredible feature. So check that out in the show notes. Okay, for me, my moment of joy, it hasn't happened yet because it's gonna to happen tomorrow. But it is record store day. So that means we get to celebrate our awesome local independent retailers of music, vinyl, CDs, posters, T-shirts. There's so many cool stores in the city of Houston. I personally like going to Cactus Music, but there's Vinyl's Edge. You've got Sig's Lagoon. There's so many cool stores, and I highly encourage everyone to go take full advantage of Record Store Day. They have exclusive releases, and even if you don't want to pick up anything, if you're not into collecting vinyls, just go and hang out. It is so much fun to be there. You always hear new music. You talk to interesting people, and I think it's a scene that needs a lot more love in our city. And if we went all out for Taylor Swift, can we go all out for our local musicians <laughs> and our local stores? Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. All right. Evan, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Antrochel, great stuff as always. Have a great weekend, and thank you again for joining us. All right. Peace. See you later. That was Evan Mintz and Antrochelle Dorsey. You can find all of the stories we talked about in our show notes. Before we go, 
Growing up as a Muslim kid in Houston, I would always feel bad for missing school to celebrate Eid. Well, HISD is now officially recognizing Eid as a district holiday for the first time ever starting today. So now families can celebrate without missing school and teachers can celebrate without missing work. Nicely done, HISD. That's all for today here on CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones. We had help this week from producer AK Al Moment. And our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanali. Our music is by the band All the Kimonos. We'll be back on Monday with an episode on how you can be prepared for allergy season in H-Town. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. Let's do it again. Let's add that. <laughs> Our day activities around the city.